Vibrant Tribe. Coming at you live and direct from me here in Springfield, Missouri. Gabriel from wherever the heck he lives. <laughs> and Snake <laughs> from 19 Feathers Farm. You guys might not know, but Snake's regular, normal Christian name is Aaron. And he's called in before. You know, we're all part of the big spider family, but we haven't really featured our good buddy Aaron on his own dedicated episode. And I've been saving it for the spring equinox because the three huh. of us and a couple other friends are all about to meet up. Yep. Heading down there tomorrow. So how you doing, buddy? Good. Feeling humbled, man. Got me out here on uh, the front stage. I'm really looking forward to see you guys uh, this weekend. Oh, well, what you're doing deserves definite attention front and center. I already saw comments in the chat. They want to see the, 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 the animals. They want homesteading tips. Like, you know, you know we were just talking about poop. shoveling poop before we came on. <laughs> How's life today? Today? Great. We went to, uh, well, when you live out in the middle of nowhere, um, you do like uh, bi-monthly trips out to get supplies. So that was today. Animal feed at the feed supply, farm supply, stuff like that. Turn out to lose a whole day, you know. That was it. <laughs> well, all right. How you doing, Gabriel? Uh, solid. Really nice. I'm stoked for this trip. I've been packed for the past two days, just ready to go. Nice. Yeah, man. I've had a whirlwind couple days. <laughs> Was completely floored by the outpouring of generosity and kindness and yeah. support. Happy um, birthday, man. Yeah, happy birthday, Chance. Just don't, don't let Kurt Kahnbach hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Happy Earth Strong. It's my last one, I swear. I'm swearing off birthdays after this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we celebrate life whenever we want. Yeah, that's how I feel about okay. it, too. I mean, I get the whole legal sorcery side of it. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. it also, it's really interesting to look into, like, conception astrology or fertilization astrology. Kurt would also say conception is the wrong word. He's kind of a word Nazi. Great information, oh, yeah. though. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Yeah, you know, my mom, uh, she went to uh, what is usually was used to be called a funeral. But even she is giving it that neologism. She's now referring to it as a celebration of life. There you go. Yeah. And I, I love that. Neologisms are catching on. We're blazing new trails. I just I like saying neologism. As yeah, often as I that. That's awesome. That's when you create a new word, everybody out there. Now you have a new word. For whenever you create a new word, neologism. Yeah. I got. I'm going to say hey to everyone in the chat. What's up? Yeah. Thirty three. The branch. Clint. Shannon. Davin. Stephanie. Stella. Seer. Artist. Jake. Logan. Kalina. Eric. Wow. There's a lot of names out there. If I miss somebody, I'm sorry. And over on the Rockfin side, I see the false reality check pair duo prepping dinner, watching the vibrant and <clears throat> Loco. You're right. This is a brand new shirt. Nice, mysterious universe shirt, indeed. Thank oh, you cool. for the lovely gift. You know who you are. That's Those one of my favorite great. shows. I think I've listened to that for like 10 years now. 10 years? They've been on for 10 years? I think they've been on for like 12 years. They're old school. They're professional. I, I love their placenta meth. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they did that episode about the uh, doctor, oh, oh, real sorry. life Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Jacob, Jacob. Wait, Maxwell Jacobson. That's the placenta meth guy. He's Dr. Str the, oh. That's the guy. 
I went back and listened to it again last week just to refresh. So crazy. Yeah, tell just now that we're on it, we better say what the heck we're talking about. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Maxwell Jacobson was basically the drug connection guy for the elites and uh, and was hooking up uh, the the German German uh, Nazi whatever meth makers with his recipes on his way out of Germany. He was running away uh, from Germany and he gave them his recipe and then he came to America and he had all these people on strings and he was the, they called him Dr. Feelgood and he was mixing a really nefarious concoction of methamphetamines along with like animal secretions of all sorts. It's really gross. (laughs) Some of the uh, things that might have been put in there, but one of the ingredients was placenta. And that is a big trigger for us around here because the placenta is, uh, it's a cornerstone to uh, what the hell with this is going on in this world. (laughs) And so uh, it was an amazing sink that they, that mysterious universe did a breakdown of this Maxwell Jacobson uh, who apparently uh, was supplying uh, JFK, and also uh, who's the guy that did uh, Moses in the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Oh yeah, Charlton Heston. Charlton he was Heston up the scene where he breaks the Ten Commandments. He was completely tweaking. Yeah, yes. worth the further on, on investigation. What we now affectionately. Yeah, which we now call it just placenta meth is like our shorthand term for it. Uh, but, but <laughs> to Earth. Yeah, man. A bingo square if you watch Weaving Spiders, welcome. But now that this came up, I think it kind of makes a nice segue because I know a lot of your story, Aaron, has to do with recovery that got you from where you used to be to having an awesome homestead and surrounded by family. Of the yeah. feathery and furry and four-legged and human types. Well, let me tell you right off the bat, uh, my 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 definition of recovery comes out of the big book. It's it's in there, and it's basically uh, to be recovered from a hopeless, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So recovery covers everything. We're all in some kind of recovery, and uh, you know, my initiation definitely was with the substance abuse and. Um, you know what? I'll tell you right off the bat, man. I can, I can, I can dial it in to when they put me on um, Ritalin as a kid. I went from this very creative, imaginative, loving child to this geeked-out kid in, I think, fifth grade. You know, I went from not having any self-worth issues or any of that stuff to this closed-up guy. That's what I mean. I didn't know I was a geeking kind of kid in school. So, and that. that Ties to our, our our conversation about Max and my fascination with that with the amphetamines because mm-hmm. it's just all over the place. But again, with recovery, we're all in some kind of recovery, man. And I really like um, going back twelve years ago, you know, with with the YouTube and and the kind of uh, communities that we built up. You know, a lot of these channels like yours right now were the voice in the dark. You know, I was I landed out in um, a sober living. It's a halfway house out in um, near LA, south of LA, and this amazing journey. It just it started 
when I missed the birth of my son, my third child, because I was in downtown St. Louis where I like to hang out with all those sorted uh, um, like-minded people like myself. And uh, I missed the birth of my son. It was like the most, it used to be indescribable. I'm trying to describe what it was like when I came home off another, you know, this is, this is my life. This is my insanity. It was just, you know, when am I going to go on a binge? When's it going to trigger? So I missed the birth of my son, came home. And when I found out, it felt like a sledgehammer hitting me in the heart is how I described it. And I literally bellowed out these words and I'm 30 years old. I bellowed out these words, God, make it stop. And 10 days later, I'm living in a sober living halfway house, which was referred to the last house in the block out in Orange County, California. You can throw a rock and hit a sober living, but not this one. Rocks just like dodged it because it was so disciplined. <laughs> no one wanted to be there. And that reputation, that was the first one I landed in. And anyhow, I was launching that course of what we would call vigorous action. You know, they put a book before me. They gave me a discipline. It's a group of, it was a group of 19 men in this little house. And, uh, you know, I've, I was, I was given a discipline. I became a disciple of recovery. They told, they told me what to say. They told me where to go. They told me how to act. And I rebelled against all of it. You know, when you show up to the recovery house, you're handed a list of, uh, 18 rules. And I used to share every day that there was a 19th rule and that rule was more rules would be added. And boy, did they add rules for me, you know, because <laughs> I was always trying to dodge everything, but I was able to, um, just like you, I came out of it two years later. Um, 33 was my year, dude. It was amazing. It's like I came into the self and I had a purpose in my life. Um, returning home back here to St. Louis because you know, I had warrants out for my arrest, <laughs> possession charges and stupid stuff. I was dealing with uh, the, the St. Louis County Police Department here. It's just your, they're this incorporated monster that they've created. You know, I watched it unfold and they're chasing me down for stupid crap. So I came home and I turned myself into jail. And, uh, you know, I, I accidentally walked into a help for opiate addicts parents exist meeting and it just started. Um, heroin, it's not an opiate epidemic. It's a twofold, um, thing. It's a, um, organized crime epidemic coupled with a healthcare crisis. I've been before news channels and they were interviewing everybody and they come to me and they're like, what do you think about the opioid epidemic? I'm like, well, this is what it is. And they're like, er, <laughs> you know, they go off and they don't air it. It's cause it's the truth. And anyhow, I actually walked into this meeting and I found my purpose. My purpose, I thought, was going to be this or that. But what it was, I was able to sit in front of these um, parents and family members of um, opiate addicts and uh, be a representation of someone in recovery. And we built this amazing family group. We did things like Project Hope St. Louis. It was uh, like a satellite thing where I made soap and candles because I lived Fight Club, dude. I lived at the recovery house. It was Fight Club. You were looking at the door. I mean, I was like, I'm in Groundhog's Day Fight Club slash They Live out in L.A., you know. You're the Tyler Durden with a serious bone to pick with the control establishment. Well, the bone to pick has already been picked. I mean, they're done as far as I'm concerned. We're watching them just kind of like wither away like some vampire with his last breath. It's like, there's no more souls to suck that, you know. But anyhow, so, yeah, I got that experience is amazing. I just found a place where I was um, needed in those two years of being out there and the discipline that I had 
really wasn't available here in St. Louis. They didn't have sober livings and stuff like that. Treatment centers. That's what I mean. I probably could have got sober when I was 20, dude. It would have been an AA and stuff, but I was constantly going to the psychiatrist and they're putting me on one new drug after another and all that stuff. And, um, you know, life of a, of a true alcoholic or addict, which is a normal thing. Okay. This is an initiation. You take your first drink. It's the one way you're going to find out if you're an alcoholic or addict. You have that going on. We have systems and some systems in place. They're old, 80 years old, like AA, even more churches and stuff like that. So, but I was kind of continually running into these um, doctors who were telling me I was bipolar. I've been diagnosed all this stuff, you know, and it just kind of drug it on to my thirties. I'm blessed to, you know, get away from that. So here I am three years in recovery and, you know, all the stuff that they talked about. Like if you would have told me then I'd be doing this now, you know, this whole thing, I'd call you a liar. How dare you? What are you talking about? You know, it's not that I didn't want it, but I couldn't imagine it in my own personal life, you know, but I always kept an open mind to it. It depended on who delivered that wisdom, you know, transmitted that wisdom today. It's just kind of like, Oh man, you got a life ahead of you. And I'm like, I do like, yeah, right on. So that ran its course. I mean, 2019 when they, um, when they brought on this, uh, well, I don't even know what to call it anymore. We know what it is. We all have something. They put a screeching halt to all of it. You know, hope meetings got closed. I found a church. I was going on the Christian path. That got closed. And, and uh, you know, it was like, what do I do now? You know, um, I, I can look back on that and I'll tell you that I was terrorized. I got the 30-second little videos on YouTube and I thought something was going on. We Some of us had wind of it two or three months ahead of schedule because it was planned that way. And uh, my response to it was, you know, well, I got to do something. Um, I'd already been going up to New York. I'm like Neil Kramer was a mentor of mine, just like uh, Chance or Gabriel or myself have been mentor other people through YouTube and, and our podcasting. Well, he was the voice in the dark. I could literally listen to his Romecast and a couple of his interviews. And I, they just went along with the discipline they were giving me. I was able to apply all that stuff. And I had this amazing experience of, you know, coming into self. And eventually Neil would do these uh, uh, yearly um, uh, seminars up in Omega Institute in New York. And uh, one day I swear I heard him personally invite me on it. And I just dropped everything I was doing. Everybody thought I was crazy. And I went up to New York and I, I began to build a fellowship um with, with those men and women up there and they're just turned out to be guys just like us man and these people were traveling from europe to new york to come like all walks of life and in 2019 we just went ahead and we said we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and i'd rented this house estate up in new york and i'd get everybody together because it was cheaper we can get 19 people together in a house and you would actually not spend you spend like a fraction of what you'd spend for a tent space at the omega institute it was just and it worked out so well. So in 2019, for that, we went ahead and did it again. And that's when I was able to meet some even more people. But in particular, Amanda Vollmer, Ben Balderson. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do. I knew something that I, I was going to have to change in my life because I knew that that's what this was about. They're gonna, we're going to get to a point where you're not going to have really any choice in the change that's going to occur in your life with what was unfolding. And so I just think. This was my plan. Yeah, me and my wife wanted to do this, but not now. We 10 years from now when the kids grew up and stuff and moved out of the house, we'd, we'd do this. So anyhow, um, 
you know, I, I hit it off. I love these guys. They're all, we're all like-minded people. It was a beautiful experience gather around the fire, all that stuff. And, uh, Ben had, um, and Christy, his beloved wife had given me an invitation to come out there and help them. They were going to get a new property or something, see the off grid. And boy, I didn't think I'd be able to do it. You know, came home, told my wife about it, <laughs> some help from Amanda, you know, talking to my wife and seeing what she wanted out of her life. She said, you know what, go ahead and go out there. And, uh, you know, I took my son, Ellis, he was, uh, eight then. And, uh, Badger joined us. He was, um, a friend of mine, Mark, uh, his young son, amazing young boy. And, uh, we picked him up from St. Louis arch and we headed off on our journey, dude. And, uh, you know, that's where I first heard you chance is up there on murder mountain. I, we didn't have any like cell phone reception or anything like that. So I'd sneak off to the store and download what I could real quick for some poor reception. And somehow I ended up with an interview of you and um, Corrine, the cult priestess. And I listened to that thing quite a few times and I'm like, man, this, this is interesting. You guys are talking about vampires and nice. You know, and here we are today. And now we, we continue on this fellowship and these amazing, uh, synchromystic, uh, synchromystic experiences. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't identify so much now as I did while in recovery, but I had a lot of trouble. Like I, I kind of fell into this, like, like I, I, I'm an addict, right? Like that's who I was. And I didn't realize yet. I knew understood it was some kind of like archetype or some kind of channel that came out of me was the addiction path. And I'm, I'm trying to transmit this wisdom to some people. It can be many things. Mine just so happened to be addiction. And that was the archetype or the, that kind of came out, which was my shadow. So now here I am. I'm, I got into that stuff. I didn't really get in too deep, but I was able to uh, be out here um, in the National Forest with my family and at 41 years old, be able to really dig in deep and have the time and, and uh, space for myself to do that. And so right now it's spring and uh, I'm going to be 42 and I am just looking forward to getting out there and uh, being the best version of my higher self. And I really, I mean, the proximity of fellowship, I want to carry a message on this one, guys. Get out, go out, meet each other, have little gatherings, do everything you can. The computer's great and all, but we, you don't want to be, you don't want to be me when I was broken homeless in 2011, sitting on a bus stop, sad, sorry kid, you know, and I remember recalling I spent so much time on Facebook. It just come out. I was really into that. And none of those memories, I couldn't recall in my mind, like actual um, experiences with family and stuff. That's all you will care about is the friends and family, the proximity and being with people. You won't think about the internet memories or anything like that. I have that experience. And it was, it was a um, big eye opener for me. So, you know, I never probably would have gone more into the internet kind of thing like you're doing so well like I'm, I'm really impressed with how you do that you're able to keep it all together and get everybody um working together and stuff like that i might have gone down that but because of that experience i'm kind of afraid of getting trapped in that and i just really enjoy so much um seeing people get together and this magic happen that if you don't know what it is it's it's amazing like just going back to new york and rhinebeck um with uh, us around that fire and seeing where everybody's gone since then, the directions is just amazing. That's the magic. That's the magic. And 
it's not reserved to anyone for any special abilities or whoever they are. It's available to all of us. And uh, I've seen it happen time and time again in my last 12 years, especially my recovery work. Sorry, that was a rant. No, that's what we're here for. It's literally called Vibrant. It is. That's right. That's my five, too. That's a good yeah, vibe. Yeah, dude. Thanks for sharing all that. So much comes to mind from what you're saying. And maybe I'll pepper this little bit of statementing with some questions. But I think what sticks out to me is the idea that there, everyone has this archetype of the shadow of the hedonist. I think that's how Beth Martins would probably categorize addiction on the spectrum of archetypes, right? And the hedonist archetype and on its own isn't just shadow. There's it's a necessary developmental step and it remains a component of our life experience, no matter how we interface with it and relate to it. And the interplay between that particular archetype and our other inner selves, the different versions of ourselves that we can express and communicate with if we're aware that they exist is also part of what leads to whether or not there's a shadow hedonism expression or a more positive one, because, (laughs) you know, at the core, that archetype is just seeking pleasure and enjoyment and fulfillment out of life, which life actually naturally should and does have all of those aspects. And I think part of the shadow aspect of hedonism is that you start looking for you start thinking like the only way to access this version of contentment, satisfaction, pleasure is through these behaviors. And if I'm not doing those, then I got nothing going on and nothing's going to happen that will fulfill that. But that's completely untrue. You're actually programming universe to only give you that version of it. (laughs) Because if you change your relationship to pleasure, enjoyment and fulfillment, then it's always going to be a part of your reality because it's literally part of you, who you are, your inner self your greater psyche and for how to, how to break out of that sort of downward spiral, negative feedback loop, slump, whatever you call it. It's a really mysterious process. And I think it's extremely relevant that you brought up that point of your experience where you're like, God, make it stop or exactly how you said it, because that is powerful, powerful withdrawal of consent from the previous model of behavior. But for me, it was also um, emotion. Remember, emotion. Imagine that chakra being so closed that when it was blasted open at that moment and with those words and that intention, it literally just unfolded. There was so that is my foundation when working with that magic, which I find to be emotion and what you do with it. Because, like you said, you know, all those things as pleasures and these things are going to bring you to a feeling and an emotion. What are you doing with it? How are you integrating it? Are you getting fulfillment and all that stuff? So, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, we're here for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, that's interesting, too, that you bring that up. It is really important because a lot of the stuff that falls into that category of addictive behavior in terms of substance abuse, a big spectrum of it is stuff that you smoke and that's hitting the lungs and affecting the heart and the heart chakra, solar plexus chakra, will and emotion are both in the mix right there. I bring this up a lot, but in the biofield, the lungs specifically, whenever we do things that are harmful to our lungs, it's actually 
us crying out to try and notice in ourselves that there is repressed grief or sadness almost always is where what the lungs are holding on to when we're doing something like that. So whenever you had the experience of like sort of earth shattering, missing the birth of your son, that was probably like, you know, a spike and a hammer like chiseling the armor around that heart chakra and just cracking through. So all the motion comes out through that one channel vector of this particular grief inducing experience. Right. And that's probably a big part of what helped you move forward. And the other thing I want to point out is that to even get to the, to the place where we can build a different life. Cause you were talking about the moment where you're like, I can have a life. Yeah. <laughs> it's crucial that we have to actually be able to hold the vision or at least imagine a potentially different life for ourselves, And that's where purpose comes in for me, getting over a lot of my problems in my, in my history. Like <laughs> you were talking about not remembering time spent on Facebook. <laughs> I'm thinking about all the hours I spent oh. as a kid playing video games and yeah. how my life is literally shortened by that because I, yeah, I remember a lot of like this pointless lore and backstory of all these games I played when I was a kid, but my actual life in this world <laughs> is shortened. The experience of my life is less. Like I look back and there's just big gaps of, I don't really remember what happened around that time or that age, you know, cause I'm just in that loop and getting out of that loop wasn't so much about finding the strength to like stop doing this, but rather about the excitement of doing something else aligned with purpose that is just more enticing than the other thing, which kind of plays into that flipping the hedonism archetype from shadow to the light expression. So I don't know where the question is and all that other than like (laughs) imagination and purpose, Well, how how that fits in. Well, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, Chance, like you've got a badass life ahead of you, dude. I look at you at 33 and I'm like, like, yeah, he's doing it. Cause you know, same thing like I was doing it. And then here I am looking, wait, hold on. And I'm looking at Gabe and he'll see him ahead of me. And I'm like, he's doing it. I'm, you know, that's, that's my, you're blazing a path ahead of me. And you know, I think that yeah. about all kinds of people in this tribe. Once yeah. they have an on-screen content presence and not like. Imagine a world without it though. And so back to what you're saying, like, you know, I got all those, um, you know, wasted time and video games too. But I guess we just have to get that experience because now that we know that is not, you know, so you're a good example as to someone who's away from video games out there living life and experiencing synchronicities. That's like, dude, that's the best video game in the world, ain't it? And, uh, you know, that that's what it is. It's not waste of time. We have a saying, our past is our greatest asset. With it, you can avert death or misery for another fill in the blank. You know, the thing that's most valuable in this realm was probably experience. And you got, you're out there getting experience, good or bad. The thing is, what are you doing with it? You know, so, you know, I remember, I don't know, video games, Till I couldn't if I tried. There's so many things I can't even do if I tried now. I'm amazed. I kind of feel like um, I can look at that world of Babylon, so we can call it just your average city or anything like that. I, I don't know how I'll ever go back. I'm so detached from it now. It's kind of spooky. Cause I'm like, where am I going to go from here? <laughs> you know, there are no more video games, like even movies, like film is so much different now. Yeah. Everything I got, 
you know, we have an eyes to see and it's like, whoa. So I really love the work you did when you came out with Beth and everybody about the video games and showing the occultism and all that stuff that's in it, because it is, it's, let me tell you. Oh, we just, a sliver of it was covered. I mean, I think maybe I me know. and Joshua will do some more on that in the future. That's going to be very helpful for younger generations. Like probably my son, I think it was, he's attracted to you for that because you know, they're walking away from the video game world, but they're, they're looking, that's what you're doing when you're in your twenties, you're in that inward and outward, um, observation of the world phase of your life and um you know it's a terrible thing to do this to human beings and their souls and their spirits as as they have come into this world rightfully and to be deceived in some false reality they're just going to be abandoned one of the days these video games are going to be gone and all these people are going to be out there without any skills or anything or reality like they murdered reality that way i think it's, it's evil of course but we can fix it you know, though, there's like a couple, like you said about the past, your past is actually your ally, though, because I can look back at all the time in my early, like late teens, early 20s, when I went to the end of high school and when I went to college, I played so much World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> so right. much. But what came out of that, probably other things too, but actually, like I had this whole big experience of being a guild leader. So it's not that unlike managing a telegram group or something mm-hmm. or, or whatever, because you have, I will say that our, our group on telegram is actually so low drama and low maintenance is maybe not even a good comparison, but the experience of an interfacing through screens. Yes. But, you know, just learning how to have tact and appeal to multiple people's needs and feelings at the same time without yeah. stepping on other people. There's a lot of like, I don't know, like, you know, in a funny way, leadership skills for how to <laughs> how to lead a bunch of nerds. <laughs> My hands are off to you, dude. And I'm like stepping on toes left or right. I don't have any internet etiquette. <laughs> well, we're at a, we're at a phase and a stage where maybe it's time to like you know we're out of bubble gum, right? <laughs> it's more kick ass time. Wow, but I mean, it's discipline. I recently went on like a seven day um, actual walked away from everything. Just I had to, and whoa, that was that was nice. But then again, my fellowship and everything, and you guys are out there. It's it's hard not to like. I was disciplined. I was I had to discipline myself. You know, I snuck in, of course, when you and uh, Lindsay did that amazing um, stream, and that was nice. That was that was that was healthy. It was appropriate, and it was great. It got me back in in a more because guys, for me, I mean, it's the mind is the battlefield. That's really where they get you. I mean, it's it's awful. This is fifth generational warfare, guys. This is psychological Bernays, um, wizard sorcery level shit that um, not all of us really kind of grasp yet what they can do to you in that realm. They've mm-hmm. seated us with these video games, film. Like if you, when you hit about 40 and that midlife crisis happens and it all bursts out, dude, like it's the wheat and tear. This is what I've learned. Like they have deeply seated some bizarre, weird shit in me going way back to like, you know, it's not even trauma. It's just like you're cleaning house, like to a new level that you've never done before. And it's, you know, I hope I did it well because there's going to be other guys coming behind us and women that this is going to occur to. And it's some weird shit. man. It's kind of like, I think it's a star Lord. When his dad, um, 
he finds out he's a god and he can create whatever. And he's like, I'm about to make some weird shit because <laughs> But they've seeded us, and um, you know, we can um, like right now, I would. I was almost like at the point where like, should I even be telling anyone to come do any homesteading or any of this stuff? Because the process of, of leaving what you, you think you're not connected to Babylon, we'll just use that. It's a good term. You're, you're not all that dependent on it, but we really are. And to come out here the way that a lot of us do, it is a process. You know, it can, it's sink or swim out here and it takes time to uh, really you approach nature, like you can be in nature and then you're leaving, but when you're really in nature and there's nowhere else to go but nature, you kind of have to approach it a little bit at a time. And nature's going to do the same thing with you. She's, she's going to work with you in a little bit at a time because it's a lot. It's a, it's, a, it's a completely different world. And it's great because I need the time and patience a lot from nature out here. Because you get a lot, you got to let go of a lot of stuff too. You got to let go of a lot of stuff that you're not sure you were ready to let go of. I'm going to talk about forty dollars. You know, I was before 2019, and I was doing great, man. I got all the things back. I was had a great career in um, the union, and you know, I was successful. I was making a lot of money and stuff. But you know, we have a saying: the more money you make, the more money you spend. I didn't know what to do with it. I spent it all on a summer out in California and in this project here, but. Yeah, you know, um, real life experience though, it's pretty yeah. crucial, I'm sure, because you've well, been hanging out with Baldy, right? And you probably picked up a few things as his farmhand. I wasn't his farmhand. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ben are peers, dude. He's he's a real dude, and it, it was great. Um, I spent more time with Christy and, and Cheryl and the kids when they were back there. And and this is another thing I'll tell you. Um, when I went out there, dude, it was like a it was a rainstorm of all my shortcomings, all the things that I really needed to work on. You know, it wasn't, I, I discovered strengths I had. Yeah. But it was more the other, like, you know, there was parts of me that I was able to look back on and see. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, cause I'm not really, you weren't that far out of it from that point. Mm-mm. But you know, that's, that's what these adventures are, are designed to do. I see they, they show you these things and the things you can work on. You're out there. It's like, I wasn't, working 40 hours a week. I wasn't like, I wasn't losing my life to that shit. I actually had time with my son. Like me and my son never really had that time. This is the boy that I missed his birth. And I thought, I think people are afraid of that kind of time unconsciously. They feel like they need to fill the time because if they were, if they had any void or space at all, then things rush in. I think, I mean, not our people or not everybody, but no, right, in general, I believe that that's an unconscious fear. It ties into the fear of being successful. Like what would I, what would my life be like if I actually was and had to be responsible instead of just like watching cuties flicks all day. Dude, for me, it was, um, so that's what I had found myself in 2000, by 2019, I was so jacked up, dude, doing the recovery work. I mean, um, having a, I still had yet process all that, you know, we lost so much. People have no idea what we lost with the opioids and the deaths. Okay. I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible. We still haven't even dealt with that. Every single one of those is, has an orphan child. They've lost a critical family member in their life. That was, these are good human beings. They just were, they were uh, presented with, an, with something they never saw coming. You know, we were, 
you were having to adapt and make new moves as soon as something came. So that was on me, you know, and I had to, um, that was on me at that time. I was very aggressive, very, uh, you know, like we got to do something and, and stuff like that. You got to take action because if you don't, and uh, being out there, and uh, although it's good to always be alert, aware, and able to handle situations and stuff like that, the truth is, man, being on Murder Mountain, uh, those people were probably the most civilized people I met than anybody out there. They were, it was a beautiful um, thing. And, you know, having meet complete strangers off the internet and then gather them up like that, they all got along, everything went well and stuff like that. So, but what I'm trying to get to is, um, yeah, man, I was afraid of that time because that time out here as well, but just me, there is no, when this thing gets loud and it does, when these thought streams come in, it's, it's, it's difficult for anyone to really grasp a hold and, and, and see what's going on when you got all the outside distractions in the world going on. So, you know, again, it's, it's my, what I was trying to describe earlier, because I'm still trying to articulate this. As I'm, as I'm, as I'm looking at my last year, couple of years and seeing in the transition into homesteading is, uh, you know, you got to work on this. If you, you really got to dial it in <laughs> and determine what are your thoughts? What are yours? You know, we have group thought streams. We're telling this synchronicism thing we're talking about. This is a thought stream, living consciousness that we are tapped into as a collective. It's a good thing. We're all looking at it. I would even call it source. It's, it's, it is source, and we're tapping into it. We're learning how to um, interpret it. These were what our ancestors did. They were tapped into these subtle energies. They knew this stuff. We're working with it again. But then there's also, who am I? Now, the higher self stuff is, this is, I'm really focused now on this. I see a lot of us um, really starting to get the guts and call it what it is. It's higher self, man. And, uh, and you get glimpses of it at a young age. I think you're born into it, but. And as you grow and get away from all this stuff, you really can, we can all finally, for sure, be in contact with our higher self and then get back that tribe, you know, and start accomplishing things and kicking ass and getting things back in order. But I don't know. I think everyone is going to need some kind of um, experience like this. You're going to have to be out in nature. You're going to have to have some mentorship. You're going to have to have a playing field where you can teach what you're learning as well and support. Because that's what you guys have been. Chance, I can't tell you how many times I've let you do the thinking for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. But I'm just, letting other people do the thinking for me. Watch out. It's a Chinese whispers game. <laughs> it's because I trust you. And I'm, you do your definition days, you know, you just go over the cards and stuff like that. It gives me a little bit of time to sit and actually contemplate and reflect a lot of these things, these emotions, these feelings, the uh, symbols. Would you the draw? cauldron. Yes. This is what I just whipped out of the deck just to point it out like the cards will speak to us they will i mean what you're describing is the idea of the cauldron you're letting all this stuff bubble and simmer and develop inside of you (laughs) the higher self thing since i've already interrupted interrupted, uh the whole concept of a higher self is super empowering now like it's not something to get the idea that it's separate from you or you're calling on this type of savior thing, but it's more about expressing your intent and your consent for a certain experience. Like before the show, I went out, got my feet on the ground, burned a little sage and spoke to higher self 
with the request. And I do this for like a lot of things in my life, at least once in the day. Nice. To just give myself the trust by saying, asking higher self to guide the process of whatever I'm about to do. That way I can just put it out of my mind, whether or not I'm going to do a good job or mess up or right. if it's going to go right or wrong, because I'm, I'm giving up this. It's not that I'm giving up control, but I'm giving up my doubt to the logos, trusting that. So Gabe, well, you have I, any comments you've been, we, we need to hear from you. Well, I'm already kind of mind blown. I'm wondering if we were, if we were saging at the same time. If we were, because I did, uh, I did a little uh, sage and Palo Santo, little capoeira walk around the space. And it would be really cool to find out that you were doing yours at the exact same moment. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Close enough, right? I mean, yeah. off air, you told me you had dental experience today and I had a random thought about you and teeth today. Yeah. I never thought about you or your teeth in connection together before. So yeah. there's got my, got my shiny white put back together. Just not my phone off of the, uh, the desk. Watch out <laughs> flying staff here. <laughs> I caught the important thing. Screw the phone. It's mm-hmm. going to be fine. <laughs> hey, we got a lot of stuff in the call in line. Oh, all right. Really? So yeah. Like so a bunch of memes and you've got videos from the homestead that you oh, sent there. me. So we'll start with some memes and then we'll play a question or comment from Kaylee that she left as a voicemail. Let me get this queued up. (laughs) There's some funny ones for sure. We'll probably have to just look at them all. Okay. (laughs) Got a goat. Why are you standing there? I'm sure there's something you should be doing for me. (laughs) For real. Yeah, you spend a lot of time doing things for the goats. I'm sure they're very grateful little buddies, though. They're growing up fast. Real Maybe fast. we'll see some of those goats in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoops. Knock that off. Here we go. <laughs> the reality of farm chores in the spring. <laughs> Who posted that? That's it. Uh, I think this is from Legs. Yeah. It's you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring an extra pair of galoshes. Oh, yeah. Is it pretty muddy out there? It's been raining a lot. Yeah, it's all right. I got some spare mucks for you. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. I'll be a mud monster. (laughs) Yes! Jen, Jen (laughs) this is Snake Jones Fritch. (laughs) Wait, there's more. (laughs) Oh. Uh, so no, no. Who's, who's that amazing human being? <laughs> Jen, Jen Brew. Oh, nice it's like one of those games at the, the carnival where they have a, a jar filled with M&Ms. And if you can guess how many are in there, you get the jar. If you guess how many eggs are in there, you get the fridge. That's your diet for the next week. I'm ready. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be like Bubba Gump eggs. They nice. look really big. They are. Big eggs. Okay, there's more. I have a lot of eggs. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of sausage. (laughs) Another gin share. (laughs) That one's edgy. Edgy? Edgy? A bad attempt at a pun. I like eggs a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. Okay. 
You've been scrolling for a while, haven't you? Take a seat by the fire and relax for a minute. Eggs are almost ready. <laughs> yes. That's going to be us. But minus the snow, probably. It could randomly snow in March around here. You never know. That may be us. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No collision cops, though. Yeah. Different guns. Airsofts. <laughs> yes. Mid August and still no tomatoes. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> these are oh, good thanks for all the memes everybody let's keep going being cute just died men are going to watch a woman who can catch a chicken now dude <laughs> well, tell me that's why I was going to talk you out of homesteading man it changes you you're just like looking at a woman catch a chicken you're like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so hot Oh man, that's great. <laughs> okay, so we're going to play this uh, 19 second voice clip from Kaylee. And uh, if you can't hear it, give me like a signal. Like, say, I guess say something. You should be able to hear it though. Okay, here we go. I have a question for the enigmatic Snake Jones. What is your least favorite chore to do on the, the farm slash homestead? And what is your most enjoyable chore? Go. Oh, man. My least? Uh, watering. <laughs> watering plants. Just so many of them. And then my favorite? Being out there with the goats and the chickens and animals, feeding them with my son. Love it. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask about the water situation. You know, maybe that falls under the homesteading tips category. You got a well. What am I going to be drinking when I come out there? We have a well. Uh, we have two ponds. Um, I'm actually uh, just installed a pump to irrigate. I built a Shellburger stream, too, we're working on. Yeah, man. But uh, it started off hauling buckets of water, dude, up and down, up and down to the coop, buckets of water, buckets of water. And I finally got smart, got a 55-gallon drum, a couple of them, <laughs> pumping it. Uh, someday, maybe some irrigation. You know, it's all sweat, equity, and time. You slowly build. So um, I am going to have some uh, irrigation into my garden this year for sure because, like I said, the watering. <laughs> Looks like we got more. She sent us more voice, so and we need to just send her a link. Haley's awesome. Yeah, she should fly out and visit tomorrow. Get a ticket. <laughs> Come on. They run that fire. More Interverse Tribe for the meetup. Okay, here, here's another one from her. Thanks, Kaylee. Yeah. Love getting the voicemails, people. Okay, second I guess third question for Mr. Snake Jones here. Um, hmm. Mr. Snake. When are you building your forge? Or actually, first of all, when are you building a smelter so you could smelt down those giant chunks of fire, freaking iron? And when are you making a forge so you can make a sword? That's, that's what I really want to know. That's what's on my heart. <laughs> I didn't know you had a lot of iron. It's not a matter of when. Is that to protect you from the fairies invading? It's going to happen. Yeah. Dude, we wow. wait to see him. I got, I got an actually big one that's like this big that I can't pick up by myself. So, Chance, if you remind me, 
It's just mm-hmm. right over here. You can help me haul it back. Big yeah, old, that's what I'm there for. Freaking glorious. Manual labor. <laughs> no, but really, I want to. Yeah, that's, wow. That's fun. To you know, I got question. like, I got climber hands. I'm actually really great at moving weird shit. I'll take it. It's like a skill set. Hmm. I'm going to take nice. you to Elephant Rock. I really want to. I hope that happens. Take me where? Elephant Rock State Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there, have you? I feel like you've been all over Missouri, especially parks. I've been there, but it's been a long time. Okay. And, you know, nature changes over time, and it's always its own experience. I really want to go and show the, you know, the non-Missourians what it's like. We have really great yeah. nature out here. It turned out yeah. that after Scamdemic, this ended up being one of the greatest places in the entire world. <laughs> It's like super chill out here, and we do have a lot of unspoiled nature. Nice for you. Um, back to your question, though. Um, I am down the road, but I'm just collecting iron and rock right now. So definitely love to do that. I miss I miss welding. I miss all of it. Mm-hmm. I love that idea, forging your own sword. Man, what I could a- you could you too. It's Go ahead and forge a scalping down. knife too. It's everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's everywhere around here. This this landscape out here, like so. Um, just real quick, I discovered that uh, during 1811, 1812, um, uh, seismic event or whatever event it was, and it was an event. You know where I'm living now is you could see it, dude. You could see like how all the top layer everything just kind of crumbled and heavy stuff rose up. We have lots of caves here. We're in that area. Lots yeah. of crystal. So it's it's funny how when you start taking a look at your forgotten history and some things start making sense that you didn't really notice before. And it's it's here in the landscape of Missouri. Oh, I'm gonna want like maybe a little more elaboration on that. Yeah. I got that book. It's um um the Forgotten Earthquake of 1811 to 1812. And it's right. more than just that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Every time I go into it, I just I'm off looking at something else. But um, you know, the landscape that we're looking at here in the United States is not the landscape that our ancestors, even they say who colonized this, looked at. Missouri alone was a pine forest from the whole thing. They strip logged it. The entire state was strip logged by 1850. There was nothing. They, they they logged it all, and they used mm-hmm. all the river systems here. All, like, the river laws and all that stuff that we have um, in place in Missouri and all that stuff, like the tributaries and all that stuff, were used to transport logs to God knows everywhere, wherever they were building. And they replanted a lot. You can find it in conservation history. Like, we get blackberries out here now because of the logging. Conservation brought in new plants um, after that to, you know. But Missouri... Our elm trees, too. We had these elm trees that had 40-foot-wide bases that people lived in. They were hollowed out. Like, And you you wouldn't believe me until you go out in the woods and you see all these oaks that are hollow and they're still standing. A hollow tree is a very common thing, but they were a lot bigger when our ancestors, people were living them and stuff. So That'd be quite a hollowed home. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> hollowed. Gotcha. That's something yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I I was on with uh, Rising from the Ashes a few days ago with uh, Dan Anaki, uh, and actually maybe on his his solo show 
it may not be their the joint effort. It might just be Dan's show. Um, Check that out. And I was mentioning your book. I was telling him that you know that uh, the earthquake of and I forgot the year, but that's a good that's good to review. Eighteen eleven, eighteen twelve. So another part of that history is also Tecumseh and who he was. Oh, okay, man. remember you're talking about uh, a lot of us, you know, Egypt and America. Well, this this character here yeah. was royalty, but he prophesized all this. He just you can read about him in this book. Some of the stuff that he did. Awesome. He, yeah. You get to see it this weekend, and, but the thing is that Tecumseh's comet, it was a 14-month comet during the whole time. Right, right. Yeah. There, was, there was a comet, there was an a eclipse, a very significant eclipse, and the Battle of Tippecanoe, that's here, right in my backyard in Indiana. Hmm. And the whole history of that Tippecanoe battle was uh it's it's pivotal it's super important and it doesn't get the attention it should but it all relates to Tecumseh whose brother was a shaman um, uh, and his brother put a curse on uh General uh uh Henderson and General Henderson went on to become a president and the curse struck him like just a few months into the presidency and then every 20 years, the president who comes in on the 20-year mark, the inauguration on the 20-year yeah. mark, they end up getting uh, dying mysteriously, sometimes assassinated, sometimes assassination attempts. They almost die. And guess who is lined up for the next one? I haven't thought about this since Bush. Who? J. Obey the Jin. J. Obey Jin is lined up for the 20-year Assassination curse of Tecumseh's brother. That's Fun. Uncle Hair Sniffer. <laughs> people are are not sure who Gabe is talking about. Yeah, man, he's lined up for the Tecumseh curse. Joe, yeah. I'll sponsor your boy. Come to a hope meeting. <laughs> it makes incredible sense. It There's been ton of signaling sense. that Kamala will be the whatever. What's your nickname for her? <laughs> Cop Mala. You're a cult actors. Cult actors, man. They didn't. Yeah. They're nothing. Yeah. I know, I know. It's a big, hilarious spell just to get people to think that they have any say or power in the first place. They're literally TV actors. Right. You know, there's, a, there's an artist who has been um, uh, commissioned for multiple presidents to do the presidential uh, uh, painting. And, he does, and it's an informal one. It's not like the, you know, the one where he's in the White House. It's these informal jobs where they sit, they're sitting at a poker table. Uh, with a bunch of other presidents and other celebrities, and they're all palling around, laughing at each other with their trademark smirks on their faces. And there's a series of it. There's like uh, one from Obama, then there's one with Trump in it. And in all of his commissioned works, he has this lady approaching the table from the shadows. And if you look at the lady, she's Kamala Harris, man. Every, I mean, both of them. It's Kamala Harris. It's sure, it could be something else, though. Well, she is. Her face is obscured, but the hair is Kamala's hair. It's her profile. Feminine. They've been foreshadowing her for a long time. And that name, Eris, you know, it means princess in Hebrew, and it means Eris, which is the goddess of chaos. And the heiress to the throne if something happens to the fresh prince of smell hair. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all you can do is laugh, dude. See, that's I mean, hey, you're, hey, you're when you say that you take the thoughts from me, I took the, both yeah. of those jokes about Biden from uh, what's his name, the guy from Media Monarchy, James Evan Pilato. He's nice. hilarious. Yeah, only place I like to get Jared. news because he makes fun of it so viciously. It's our brother Jared. Your uh, latest video on um, oh, the absence. You know, my son just recently asked me, Dad, can you tell me what Lush is? And then you made that video. And I couldn't tell him, but I wanted to. And oh, you did wow. it. Because that's it, dude. That is yeah. it. When I realized I was getting Lush for real, it was the last drop. I'm so done with it. Right. You know, I'm I'm empowered with by higher self to just take a stand and go, I'm not your food anymore. What are you going to do now? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, man. I realized that video, I should have broke into like three different topics. I was really cramming them all into one video, but. Oh, you're flow stating it. Yeah. 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 But the, the loose thing is like really crucial in, and here's where it kind of blew my mind. You know, I was sliding in, you know, the history of silver and, uh, in money being backed by silver, um, in this concept of a silver screen which is the, a device used to loose absinthe. And, uh, but I did not go into how absinthe is a uh, parasite prevention source. It's a, you know, some in olden days, it was used to rid people of parasites. But then that same week that I put that out, um, I'm pretty sure it's Greg Carlwood. He dropped his latest episode about turpentine. Yeah. But James how, James. Yes, and turpentine is parallels absinthe in a very uh, fantastic way, in that it has uh, similar application, many uh, even broader applications for curative properties. Everyone's doing such a wonderful job. I'm another reason I, I took that little uh, vacation from. I'm trying to be more disciplined with my participation, so I'll, I'll graze back in. But it's actually like I. Slick, me and you have been watching the same stuff for the last 12 years. <laughs> a lot of us have. And we don't, you know, you just take in the information and you can make your own little, you know, right. you, can, you can get grounded with it. You can, that's what you're doing. And, and it's great because you're taking all this stuff that way back and you're bringing it back and you're putting it out there. And I'm like, yes, it's, that's, you know, that's what caught my attention. That's it. Hallelujah. And as we're all collectively like tapped in this, what's up, Martin? Hey guys. And this beautiful thought stream. It's like of source. Mm. It's the Akashic record of the ancestral well or something. And we each are, we're dipping our toes in it and we're bringing something out. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. So having to take a step back because you, there's so much to, uh, it's so much is happening. There's so many people everywhere. I could throw a rock and, if anyone just does a, a, their own live stream, whatever, that's what I mean. I'm for it. Mm-hmm. But you guys are, it's just, everybody's doing great. <laughs> everybody's doing something. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's game over for these people that we're kind of like laughing at. Cause it yeah, is fun. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. The man with the greatest mustache of all. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, bro. Thanks, Chance. High praise coming to you. Hey, that turpentine comment got me in. I, I daily. That's my you, morning, you do daily. Yeah. One of my rituals. Oh yeah. I oh, I, uh, I soak yeah. candy ginger in it. So I just pop a candy ginger. It, it doesn't taste 
half bad, actually. Oh, that's brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Will you bring your setup to uh, the farm this Please. weekend? <laughs> Some candy ginger and turpentine. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah, like I'll, to give I'll it a shot. Bring that along. You bet. Oh, that would be so I'd like to learn by observing and then doing, <laughs> and then maybe, you know, incorporate that because I haven't done, a, I mean, I talk about detox and cleansing a lot, but I haven't done much to rid myself of parasites and Those parasites, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy what they, what they got in terms of a lock on our consciousness and our, our self image and our inner dialogue, like way beyond what materialism would allow you to believe was possible in terms yeah, of yeah. how, how these things in our inner biome can actually affect how we feel on all kinds of spectrums. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm gear, gearing up to do a coffee in on my hair. <laughs> the first time. Nice. Uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> what are the preparatory steps for that? Got to be a right temperature. I the enema thing, and I'm coffee. <laughs> I hear green coffee is supposed to be better, though. You know, uh, unroasted. Oh, well, roasted. You know, it, it kind of makes sense to me because. When you burn something, it gives off those carcinogens, right? Oh, man. I am going to learn so much this week. It's just going to be amazing. I'm going to oh, be me too. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm going to have really my go to it. I got a cougar outside. I gotta, I'll got i be right back. Yeah, get Holy out of shit. Did he say cougar? I, did he say cougar? Get her number. <laughs> See, this is, this is because of that comment about, you know, you start easing your way back into nature, it starts easing its way towards you, inching its way into your sphere. Man, it's got that's a cougar crazy. out there. So that's a thing. He got a phone call. Oh, he must be. I wonder if he's out in the shop and then it's, it's his, his wife is calling him, telling him something's on the prowl. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, uh, that's pretty wild. It's too you know, bad he, he muted or else we could get the. I knew it. I knew oh, it. There he goes. He's getting the gun. I knew it. Cowboy up. Oh, man. I wish he didn't. Oh, you're going to shoot a cougar. No. <laughs> Zero. Your dog is like, <laughs> no. <laughs> is he after me? You want to you go Wow. Maybe he'll just scare That'll be a first off. for the. Off that's the a gun. first for my live streaming life is somebody needed to go chase off a cougar in the yeah, middle of a show. Crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's one for the books. Epic. You know, there's something that came to mind while we're waiting for Snake to come back. When the idea came up of like that, that kind of unknown earthquake around 1812. Yes. And how there are a lot of things in our history that seem to just pop up and now we all know about it, but it was like an unknown or maybe not a thing. <laughs> Who knows? Like that we did, you and I both looked at this Mandela effect stuff the other day more deeply and I wasn't really you know that in keen on the idea I had a lot of criticism of it conceptually but there were certain things that got brought up in the uh, show that we watched about it Brian from Dose of Reality does a really good job covering it and the the one that really popped up into my mind was the Black Tom incident Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about this in the future but <laughs> Uh, I just had to bring that up because like what's going on in terms of 
the history of places that are not that well known about in general, more wilderness areas could be quite mutable to, to our perception of what our ancestors were like or what they were doing. And what we find under the ground could be definitely a function of our expectations, just like the future. It, it manifests out of our belief of what's possible and the potentials that we hold within ourselves. I think the past is the same way. I think both future and past are emergent out of the present rather than linearly going from past into present into future. Maybe, maybe it's some of both, but the black Tom incident for anyone that doesn't know. Tell, and I heard about this on, yeah, I heard of, yes, Alpha Warrior, what's up? That's Mike Winner. I heard Brian on AlphaCast. That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> you recommended I check that one out. And I was like, there's way more to the Mandela effect than I realized. Yeah. But the Black Tom explosion was in 1916. Apparently, the Germans bombed a railroad train car depot in New Jersey. So it turns out there's a lot of times where now the Germans actually attacked U.S. soil during World War II. And I know for sure in high school, in college, all the World War II history I was taught, no attacks on U.S. soil other than Pearl Harbor. So stuff like that is really mind melting. <laughs> hope, you, uh, hope that cougar's okay. I would be scared for its life with the uh, snake. He's, he's a tough cookie. <laughs> You know, uh, there were, I learned uh, maybe in the last year about some attacks from Japan uh, much later in history, uh, much more recently. Um, but uh, I guess they were maybe would be like if people looked up the Japanese firebombing uh, campaign where Japan basically uh, let go of a large abundance of hot air balloons with firebombs on the hot air balloons and they uh they set it up so that the hot air balloons would ride across the Pacific Ocean and run out of helium just at the right time that they would drop randomly on American soil and that attack was was almost scrubbed from history but somebody dug that up and that was mind blowing for me to just kind of point out that we have these vulnerabilities and theoretically, and this is me kind of taking that little tidbit to the next level, but what if HARP is designed as a preventative measure so that they can never do the same strategy again? If they ever bring anything over on writing on helium, uh, writing those natural uh, flows, weather flows, that HARP has the ability to shift it or prevent it from ever happening again and divert the natural, uh, what would be a natural process. Uh, just an interesting thought that HARP has that uh, weather defense potential. Yeah, and I, I'm going to make a really quick redaction. I said World War II, but 1916 is World War I, but it was still the Germans. <laughs> Good catch in the chat there. Uh, lead thirteen. A lot of eyes in that screen name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Martin, you ever? Oh, uh, you have any comments on this? I think Snake forgot his bullets. 
<laughs> see him come in there real quick. He grabbed something and ran back out. Or maybe he ran out of bullets. He's reloading. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the harp deal. I, I th- personally, I think it's a little more nefarious than that. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think there's good evidence, you know, the weather control, all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. They're bad actors, in my opinion. As all, what government agency isn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harp is interesting in so many ways for me. Like, I, I uh, listened to a retelling of um, the myth of Orpheus, the myth of Orpheus. And the harp is, um, it's his implement from his myth, his myth, or one, it's also, it's many characters, but Orpheus in particular, yeah. it has the, the, uh, the harp is his implement. And I find that just really, uh, kind of profound because the lyre is in the cons, it's in, it's a minor decand of Sagittarius. And this kind of confirms one of my uh, neologisms. I call Sagittarius the sage guitarius. That he's a sage guitar player, you know, and he's been weaponized into an archer. Uh, uh, but also Orpheus is the part of Ophiuchus. And, uh, and Ophiuchus is just a five degrees over from the, the Lyra constellation. Um, and, and I happen to believe that Ophiuchus is a very pivotal uh, uh, sign, astrological sign for the elite. Uh, and so for them to weaponize the harp again is strangely apropos, you know, that, you know, they turned the lyre into a, into a, bow, a bow and arrow, a weapon, when in fact it was music, it was harmony. And now they've taken it, a harp, and turned it into a, a weather control system. What they I wish we could do. ask Zanoni what, what he thinks do. about this. What's that? wish we could ask Zanoni what he thinks about this. Oh, no, no. Zanoni, he will be here later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in to Flow State on Weaving Spiders. Welcome to meet uh, yeah. Martin's many alter egos. Yeah, uh, we go to... Paris this evening. So uh, it's going to be a difficult read. <laughs> so how did it all turn out there, Aaron? Yeah, what happened out there? Um, Maggie, our farm dog, or um, she's been barking across the road, which is all national forest for the last couple of weeks. But um, my awesome young neighbor down here, Nick, just texted me. He's like. Bro, I'm pretty sure I just heard a cougar. And this is what a cougar sounds like. Like a crying baby. I didn't hear it. We've been watching. So I had to jump out there with the flashlights and the coop door open, actually. Because okay. so I'm not going to shoot a cougar if I don't have to, but just probably go out there and blast around out, run around, because it'll do some damage. Coop's pretty pretty strong. It's a It's an old barn, so. 
You know what is going to la- make you really laugh is the next meme in sequence. I didn't even go yeah. out of order. The next meme in the call-in line from Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> Live, laugh, laugh, and load. <laughs> I can't make this up. That was really the next one. Yep. Wow. That's what it is. And after that. Ain't nobody come and save you out here, dude. And this, that's just, that's it. You got to take care of yourself. And yep. we got bears too. We got bears now. Black bears. Nice. Nice. We got another couple of voicemail questions or comments. So we're going to hit those up. Another from Kaylee and then one from Shannon. So we'll hit those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> questions. Oh, wait, got to un, turn on the audio. Okay, here we go. Okay, next question for Snake Jones. How many minutes until Boog Night? Boog Night? Is that like a boogie night? Come on, do Boog. Hopefully never. That's inevitable. Go, Slick, go. (laughs) I'm bringing my boogie implements out to the farm. You should. I'm going to spin fire. We're going to have a fire. Those kind of boogs. I thought you were talking about another boog. I don't, I don't man, maybe I don't know what boogs are. Like I, I admit actually. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah, dude. Please. I got we're gonna collect firewood tomorrow too on Friday. Pick some choice pieces, make a big one. I'm so right. into fire. Nice. You actually got fire sticks? Like do you do all that? I have a levitation wand that sets on fire. Oh dude. So it looks like it's just floating in the air around me. Oh, this is going to be cool. I, nice. I'll teach you the ways of the fire, fellow Please. fire sign. Yeah, man. Nice. <laughs> okay, we got one from Shannon here. Let's hear it. Hey, y'all. I have a question. I'm just wondering if there's any other way to get power other than um, solar. I mean, is there any kind of water wheel or some kind of something? Just curious. Turbines, water turbines. We got creeks out here, and people are getting on that. Wind turbines, like right here, like this is what I need to do. I'm, I'm looking at it. And we're like, you know, when you, um, what do you spend your money on? I'm regretting not getting a wind turbine here because we get this steady wind on our mountaintop. Mm. You'll see it. Like our trees on the back are shaped by the wind. It's beautiful, but wind turbines and then batteries. I'm ready. That's a good idea. Well, it's it's you're out here, and this is this is the transition you do. Yeah, it's, it's what's practical, you know. And I can't stand being on. We got a good power. We got a uh, co-op power out here, but they put a smart meter on my um oh, my sure. thing when I moved here. We moved in on an ice storm, but uh, that was that was awesome. And then a few weeks later, we got a snowstorm, and they shut off my power. I can't. I, Dude, I was driving two hours to work and back every day up in St. Louis. And I come back on a four and a half hour drive in a snowstorm to find my power out. And I called the power company. It was a Friday. And they're like, we're sorry, our offices are closed till Monday. But we have, they put on with the outsourcing thing. And I found out, I was like, how did you come to my property and turn off my power? I'm like, what do you mean? We just turn it off remotely. This is, this is. I ran out there with a hammer. Smashed that. <laughs> it cost me $2,000 to have them reinstalled. 
The guy called me back 10 minutes later. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to have them turn on your power. I heard your story. <laughs> so, oh, shit. I don't want to do Yeah, we went off that. We went off that grid. Yeah, man. Good. But, again, it takes time. What do you do? You do solar? No. Because, you know, I, that's, a, that's a big investment. They're like seven, ten grand for that, which is worth it, but. You know, I have solar at my house, but the law in town is that it has to be part of the grid. Oh, really? Yeah. Just yeah, kind of but that's just, you know, it's like, think about it. You can just turn off the power, be like, oh, yeah, it broke. Whoops. Just going to my battery. <laughs> you know, you still have it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also makes the electricity less expensive, too, in the long run. Dude, electricity is cheap. Okay, I worked at power plants. I've I've been a welder and a pipe fitter. I've been a lot of power plants, coal plants, all that stuff. They're so efficient right now. They're like at ninety nine point nine nine percent efficiency on their um on their furnaces. So prices so, go up because they need to continue improving profits every year, like every corporation. No, they, they need to steal our money and our resources. It should. I said free. that the nicer way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I think they're you know, they're turds. They're just like, <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to be a, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, you're not necessary, dude. But water turbines, like you can watch, put them in creeks. I think you can buy them now, like little turbines, you put them in the current. Maybe we can get you and Martin talking Schauberger stuff because you, I know you're both interested. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. Ever oh, since I've seen him. Yeah. What do you, you got any projects going on? Uh, water projects. Uh, yeah. Well, I have my egg, you know, that I keep my water nice. on. Yeah. Which it's got the Oregon base and a tensor ring and a, uh, oh, shungite ball. Yeah. Kind of caps it, you know. Have you seen those? I know. The, the, the egg. Ceramic, yeah. 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 I mean, that ceramic egg shape has traditionally been used for. Yeah, thousands of years, and it's always yeah. They knew that the ancients knew they they had all this knowledge and wisdom. So the water yeah. bubbles out the top of the egg and comes down it. No, no, it just you store your water in it. It it's never stagnant. It energizes it, you know. The shape allows a slow movement of your water, or your wine, or any of that stuff. That's why it's shaped that way. Now, Albert's son is the one who discovered the egg in the uh, hyperboloid vortex shape. And he was coming up with like uh, all the technologies for it or rediscovering it, which is fascinating. Oh, it is fascinating. Stuff. I love it. I just don't have anybody talk to you about it. <laughs> My son. Yeah. I love his, his, uh, well, he, you know, he was a forester and he would just yep. sit, sit in the woods and, and by, by water. He loved the water, of course, but you know, he watched the fish in the water and he could yep. see them actually using the water to levitate. You know, there's stories of fish jumping 50 feet out of the water. You know, he, they're using that energy. It's effortlessly. It's not, yeah. It's an effort, effortless thing. vortex. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's like, imagine if we utilize that concept for power, generation it should be a lot simpler people are i'm telling you there's farms there's compounds they're running all this stuff they got all this stuff and they got to keep it way down they're installing all these 
just don't tell anybody right. and they won't come and assassinate your ass. There's a lot of stuff like that though, where human beings are far beyond what gets talked about in the public in many places, but certain levels of development. It's almost like I know that parasites are involved in middlemen that like want to come vampirize and maybe bully you for, you know, messing up their monopoly, but it does seem like maybe universe has this baked in natural law that to get to a level of like free energy, self-sufficiency, you have to understand the spiritual lesson of the living man versus the fiction, the public versus the private. I think spiritual is the key there, right? I mean, when we talk about water, we're talking about the undines, right? That it's, there's a spiritual essence, Mm. that energy it's, and we can connect to it. That's what I've been reading. A lot of, Steiner related stuff lately and we can definitely interact with them and use them as helpers and they use us as helpers in return. So it's a kind of a symbiotic thing. I love that. Yeah, man. We're not takers guys. We don't want to take anything. We want to, we want, we want that give and receive relationship with anything that we, we uh, engage with. That's the kind of people we all are. Mm-hmm. So it's foreign to us when we really start. I, if you can't understand it, then it's bullshit. But nature is all source. It's it's source. It's where everything comes from. I like uh, Ken Wheeler. And not too long ago, he was really pumping out some good stuff. And he goes, this is how you know it's source. It's because if you're going towards source, you're that's where you're, you're getting energy. It's love. It's right. If you're going away from source, you're losing all that. You're, it's like, it's that entropy, which I still don't, whatever. So out here, uh, Martin, you out in the woods or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, rural on a lake. Yeah. yeah. Neighb- I have neighbors. They're, you know, 200 yards away, whatever. Well, did, maybe you heard me earlier. My description of what the last year has been out here in homesteading is, you know, you, you go into nature a little bit and you come out and it, it, it lets you, it's weird. It's like, she's allowing me in a little bit at a time and this relationship takes time. It's, it's a slow does. process. It's a slow process. That's and so right. just now kind of like, okay, there is no like jumping out there and being a uh, bear grills crap. You're, right. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, yeah, I think they're testing us actually. You know, when you go out, yeah. like, Like this evening, I went out to meditate by this special oak tree that I have a special relationship with for for the first time with this intention after reading this book that I was just talking about and just being with that tree, you know, and and putting yourself and asking the tree, you know, to to accept you. And yeah, well, but it's. It, I, I've, I have the feeling, I get the feeling that this is a test, right? It's like, okay, buddy, what are you really all about? You know, I, this tree isn't any sucker, you know. He's, <laughs> But I do have a long relationship with the tree, so it's kind of a special deal for me. I climb it with my cat. Do you? <laughs> oh, it's a huge joke, yeah. We, we have a lot of fun up there. Oh, that is so cool. That yeah, is really cool. Great, he's Thank you. Yeah. I recommend people go check out on Susquehanna Alchemy, Michael Wan's YouTube channel. Yeah. His newest upload is about 
human beings as animal expressions of tree consciousness. And his whole thing was about trying to come up with a new story for human beings to help us adapt to what we need to do to get out of the the mire that we've been in. And he made a really great point about how this belief that we are just animals or beasts or basic animals is could be true. That could be a true story. We can make it true. But then he gave an excellent breakdown of all the ways that trees interact with their environment and how they give more than they take. And how most of what, like they build what they build of themselves out of the air and the ether and the available bioelectricity and charging the environment. But they create these structures that, like we already talked about, become homes for other creatures and, you know, distribute resources throughout ecosystems in ways that benefit the entire entirety of nature in that region. There is a lot to it, but I recommend people check that out because it's a really great way to reframe our idea of what human beings are or could be big time. Susquehanna alchemy. What if I were to, uh, I thought about this, like I was thinking, I'm sitting back there with my trees and how they're shaped by the wind. And I know that that's that movement. There's something going on there. If I were to like run a copper wire up through the tree and then not too invasively, I wonder what kind of current or anything I can get out of it where I could run a light maybe just at night or something. I bet you I could. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's a new thought to me. That's what I'm out here doing. I'm like, Oh, and I don't know. Cause you're, that's what he's talking about. Huh? What's he, yeah. he's out in the woods here. Oh, Michael Wan. Yeah. No, he's in Baltimore now. Is he? He tripped me out because I was on murder mountain and he did an episode with Freeman and Freeman. Oh my God. He's been a great, I've been listening to him since 97. But this is that glass bead game I started playing, and I didn't even know that any of us listened to. And he does an episode about because Freeman Fly was supposed to be at the house that I rented um, in New York, but didn't make it because of he was smart. He sent something, and anyway, and it is my first introduction to Michael Wan. He's just telling him I went on a trip myself, and he's talking about this. It's it's the geomancy. It's the going out and traveling and going to these places you were meant to be, not everybody else. And then realizing it's almost like these places were set and designed and put there for you to do it, but they were built a hundred years ago or you, you know what I'm saying? So Michael was really started talking about that then. And I was listening to that and I'm like, cause I'm still trying to comprehend my experience back to all of it. Leaving St. Louis, the silver gate. I keep doing this thing, going to LA, you know, and having this geomancy experience, like it's the land, it's the astrology, it's the book in your hand, it's the people sitting next to you. It's, it's, it's this amazing, like, hero's journey, plus more incorporated with land. But when you listen to Michael Wan and he talks about that, he really does dial it in because all, in all odds, it's probably one of the greatest technologies we have available is the storytelling. It is the the telling of a story and Gabriel whenever you know I'm, I'm screaming at I'm screaming at the stars going I want my head I want it I want my head I want all those because you know I'm trying to deal with all my friends that I cared so deeply about 
who succumbed to the battle of alcoholism and addiction with the opioid. It felt to me that it never even had a chance. It's not like alcoholism. And I'm, I'm taking this emotion and I'm putting up the stars and here comes Gabe talking about Perseus, Pegasus. You're oh, snap. Time, dude. And you're delivering to me the story and I can understand that I have a relationship. I'm picking up on these energies. I'm appropriately, you know, that's between me and God. And that's what I mean. If somebody's watching this and they belong to something, and I'm talking about scalping and I'm talking about beheading and stuff like that, there's a good reason for it. You know what it is. But because of beautiful guys like you, I'm able to automatically, I realized, I was like, oh, it's the story. Aaron, you know. Well, think about it too, like, whenever you do get something that just fractures you with some kind of feeling of grief or loss or FOMO, it's always story. It's always story. Like for me, the biggest emotional surges for good or ill always follow a particular thought that is like a narrative, a narration of my life or reality. I'll never get to do X again. I'll never see whoever again or something like that. And then it's just like, boom. So stories have this power to affect our electricity all day like <laughs> it seems to be the focal point that everything else revolves around because what we're conscious of comes to through this image making faculty of our imagination and mind which within our brains or whatever this hardware is innately wants to put pattern recognition to it and apply it to the template of story so it's huge yeah the yeah. theology offers you that Right Martin's there. a great storyteller. <laughs> great yeah, reader. Hey, thanks, man. Speaking of stories, uh, I just had to say, Snake, I was listening to your story earlier. That is super inspiring. And I'm so glad you made it out the other side of that. that yeah, that's man. just wonderful. You, you got a lot of chutzpah, buddy. A lot of chutzpah. I, I think my superpower is that I have a seventh grade education. Uh, first of all, that I was not indoctrinated, but uh, being a Leo um, afforded me, like, I really, I'll integrate things. It's just started like integrating and like actually taking stuff in. So if I'm experiencing something, I'm going to experience it. And I didn't realize it at the time back then, but you know, you're put forth, you answer the call at hero's journey and you're in it. But I, I really, I just put myself into it and you're, yeah. I got the gifts, the wisdom, the experience, and all that stuff. And it's not, I used to think it was, some, it's not just, it's everybody. It's all, it's afforded to everyone. The whole, this, you will, like I used to read 60 to 63 from the big book. That was my morning meditation. Religiously, never missed a day, three years straight. And in 60 to 63, they talk about the three pertinent ideas, A, B, and C. And, but basically it's reminding you every day that God is the director and the stage is the world that you live in and the wisdom and the teaching of playing the role that you're assigned, because if you don't, you're going to miss out. And Big time. that it was incorporated. And just that alone, that little thing really just, it tricked me, but I was able to do that. Mm. And I try and, you know, teach other people that like for, like I've spoken in front of hundreds and hundreds of people in my recovery. And I was so blessed that uh, the discipline, it was, it was hardcore. You know, I sat down, I shut up, 
I got to raise my hand and say, I'm Aaron, I'm an alcoholic, and put it down for months and months and months. And my sponsor would be, or my mentor, would, I'd be like, can I talk now? And he's like, no, you ain't got enough experience. You know, he was teaching me how to listen. And I was able, I learned to listen there. And then when it came time, I had some experience. We weren't allowed to ever, I never spoke about um, my past, ever. Why would I? I was so engaged in my recovery. It was always about what you did um, to stay sober that day, um, the stuff you were doing in recovery. It filled my, everything. And I inspired all these people unknowingly at the time because I was in it. And of course, I continued to try and um, do that. Do. But that's, that's, that's what we should be doing. Like, what are you doing right now? Share it, you know. If there is something in our past, you know, treat it as a great asset, you know, that what have, how can you transmit this experience into wisdom and deliver it? So, and I got a lot of help. I got a lot of direction, but once you catch fire with that and you see it inspire other people, you'll stay on that path. You know, I'm the last addict out here. It was just me and God this time. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. Like I must've done something right. You know, what God do I, do I, do I owe it all to? Really? I'm going to put God aside on this one. Like, I love you, Odin, Jesus, whatever. But the people I owe all this to are the human beings that have um, been in my proximity and have taught me and been on this journey with me. There's so many, (laughs) there's so many. I'd love to, you know, I, I do, I try, I try and like, um, you know, you guys are humble men, so I can talk about you, Chance. I can talk about you, Gabriel, and you see you blush a little, and you're like, oh. <laughs> it's it's for real, you know, Gabriel. And you're like, you've done some amazing things. You've done the work that you've you are doing is a lot of the work we're all doing. But you've, and, and, you know, you put it out there, and it helps me so much to move forward. Chance, Martin, all of us, and I hope that's what we're doing for the listeners tonight. You know making headway because God, we are the task at hand right now. You know, the task at hand for all of us, no one person can do. We are tribe centered people, you know, just look at the Zodiac. I just wonder if I can really be the best Leo possible and I can be around my other Zodiacs, you know, and then inner Ophiuchus, but (laughs) we can accomplish some amazing things. Some amazing things. It will, maybe we'll get recognized by our ancestors because they are alive and breathing in our blood. They're in. They're contained within the mounds of the ground and the temples and and the stories they left us. They're incorporated on us. So they're always there um, to access. Yeah. This is a vibrant. Thank you for letting me vibe. It's awesome. My, you know. Right now, I'm at the end of my shadow work, and I, I'm just so happy you guys are coming. You brought, you haven't here yet, and there's so much life in the farm. Just thinking about you guys coming, Rachel and everybody, and then maybe even more. God, I hope so. I think I'm coming down. Where are you at? I'm up in Iowa. Yes, you're gonna drive oh, to the wow. Well, where is it in Missouri? Um, we're in, uh, okay. What would you take? You'd probably take uh. Oh my God! I don't even know the route. I'm oh, there's, a, there's a highway that comes down. Oh, what I'll they be call taking it? I-44, and yeah, we're off 44. Off I-44 between yeah, okay. St. Louis and Southwest Missouri. You can get here in a day. 
Are you by Rala or? Yep. How no, far? Rala. Uh, hour. Which way? Um, uh, east. You're, you're <laughs> east of Rala. Oh boy, yeah, that's about what six, seven hours from me. But that's all right. I, yeah, I think you went farther to come hang out here. with me at Hillberry. Yeah, but same. <laughs> Still near the farm. Yeah. Snake, right. you want to show some of the videos of your place that you sent me earlier tonight? Yeah, these are more recent ones. When you asked, I was like, oh, my God, I, I quickly grabbed what I had on my phone that I had uploaded it all. Yeah, I don't mean to invite myself either. Right? Oh, no, I'm invited. Dude, you're, you're, you're invited. Trust yeah. me. We really want you there. A thousand percent. You're, you're urged to come more than invited. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You need to be with some like-minded people. That's all I I do. I definitely do. do. Just I'm think how much synchronicity there was in the times we got to see each other at that festival. But oh, this yeah. would be a time where there wouldn't be all this other thing going on and we'd all just be in that flow the whole time. Yeah, man. And I can't, I got to say, I can't wait to talk off camera because I got so many ideas and things to say that I, that I don't say in front of the camera because I don't want somebody else picking up my ideas Ooh. kicking them and running them with all them. Right. And I just can't wait to touch base with everybody. Cause like just right yeah. now in this conversation, I got something that I just can't wait to talk in private. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. We're gonna same, same here on a few things. Like there's, there's some things that have come to my attention lately that mm-hmm. literally cannot be spoken in the public. Right. <laughs> right. And they're, they're huge in the solutions come. realm. A lot of solutions oh. that just cannot exist in the public because of that spiritual dynamic. Yep. yep. The wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, so we're gonna check out some Jones land. Oh, do you, cool. you think we need sound for this, buddy? Is it narrated? We'll just see. Yeah. Jim. Come on, Jim. You got a goat named Jim. So good. Eddie, come on. <laughs> come on, guys. So these are your goats. This is when we uh right around when we first got them. That's mama and her two kids. Got a good deal with that uh with that uh, stimulus check. That's dog heaven. Maggie. <laughs> they took our jobs. <laughs> That's Whitey. He's the Don. The nice. rooster. That's Maggie. We round when we first got her. Mama. I love doing show and tell of oh, goats. Yeah. Tons of greens over here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to throw fence up everywhere. It's not necessary. I put the little pin around up there, some um, scrap barn wood. Come on, Holly. And uh, Holly. I let them go into the garden because it's fenced up. But now they just, they won't even leave the yard. There's grass and food. That's sweet. Live and learn. I'm glad I didn't put up all that fence yet. I forget. How many roosters do you got? Two? No. It's like six now. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's uh, Golden Boy. Golden Boy? Yeah, he's second in charge. Okay, I think I remember him. Yeah. Those were our first two roosters. We got them from the... Um, if you're going to get chickens, get them from a hatchery. Okay. It's a nice view of some cockbutt. 
<laughs> it's great. He's, so you got Whitey and you got, uh, they each got their, their hens. And now that we got some extra, because we hatched a bunch of our chickens this um, last fall, our first chickens in our own from the eggs. Uh-huh. And so we got a few more roosters. I got to sell them or, you know, because it's rapey out there, dude. It's bad. My hands are getting tore up. And <laughs> it's rapey. It's rapey. And, and Whitey and, and Golden Boy, they can only protect their hens so much. And then the other guy, I'm watching, dude, like one jumps on there and she's like, ah, oh, and then the other one and the other one. And I'm like, this is bad. So, Damn. live and learn. Time for chicken dinner. Yeah, those rooster legs are nice and meaty. Haven't had one yet, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I don't every day I say that either. Cock butt. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Praxis. <laughs> Naughty goats. Hey. That's Jim and Eddie. You act like you're starving. You're the best fed goats on Missouri. The kids are your kids. <laughs> doing something cool. You got, so oh, you got bunnies too. Oh, yeah. New Zealand uh, Flemish um, breed. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have some New Zealanders. Hey. Oh. Boy, I'd love to. Naughty goat. <laughs> Look how little their horns are. They're a lot bigger now. Did you, guys, you had a video where you were skinning a bunny a while back. Did that turn Did that turn into dinner? Mm, delicious. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that backstrap of these rabbits. They're big rabbits. These were, um, these were a litter. So uh-huh. about six to nine months uh, is when they're really good to eat. Mm-hmm. After that, it's, a, it's supposed to be iffy. It can be, they call them roasters. So, um, and I was getting crowded in there and I'm, we're trying to come up with a plan. Are we going to sell them for, are we going to breed them and do meat? So right. had, before I could sell them for meat, got to at least eat them. And mm-hmm. uh, turns out that mama is ruthless with a knife, man. She's peel. I thought I was going to do it. <laughs> That's cool. So we harvested seven. Okay. Is, yeah. there, is there such thing as rabbit jerky? Can you like soon? All right, dehydrator right there, and I'm, yeah. Oh, that's cool. We're gonna try it. And then, can you like, can you smoke it? Can you smoke the jerky? Sure, you can do anything with meat. Oh, and that's so like, fun! That is so fun. Salt, smoke. Like my father, um, he's been a he's a master deer hunter. Like uh-huh. this guy goes out and he's like, I killed four today. Oh, I hit my limit. <laughs> like, but. <laughs> He's a great cook. That's where he, I mean, he's done so much with deer meat. Yeah. Mm. So same thing with rabbit. Depends. Yeah. That's something we're learning. The learning curve out here is huge. It's so. Yeah, man. I think I'm really glad my friend Jared from Media Monarch, you know, everybody knows Jared. Uh-huh. He got us into the rabbits. We got a, a um, stimulus check. We got mm-hmm. 250. Um, it's feed rabbits, goats. It's like, you know, what else are you going to do with it? Buy guns and bullets. <laughs> so get all that so <laughs> nice so so i'm thinking about like oh this is so fun this is just a fun because i'm new to these ideas so like yeah. it's all coming at me at once so okay theoretically could you build like a smithy that you oh I, maybe i should wait till we're hanging out but 
where you melt down iron, <laughs> cure the rabbits, even uh, make turpentine. Yeah, iron forest right here. All in the all in the smithy. Like the smithy could serve so many alchemical purposes. And there you have mineral, animal, and plant. Those are the three alchemical realms, the three kingdoms. Abundance. Wow. When you come in contact with true abundance, this is probably going to be the first thing that happens to you. You're going to be like, oh, which way do I go? Which direction? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I can, I can, that's my experience out here. I can go in a million directions. It's infinite. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get overwhelmed with it. Uh-huh. And then you dial it back in. Uh-huh. And you go, I need a farm hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been me. My wife and a 10-year-old boy, and I didn't see it until someone came and visited a few months ago and told me, he's like, oh, my God, look what you've accomplished in the last year. And I was like, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah it's too incremental for you. I'm in it, and I appreciate it. So, like, if you, even if you guys don't come to my farm, anybody, you know, help, help somebody see, because everybody's doing something. Everybody, we are. We're all trying to do something we have the last two years since COVID started, we've been busy. Remind somebody, if you see it, look what you've accomplished in the last two years. Congratulations. You know, cause I didn't see it. And I'm really grateful for that. That was um, Lynn. You know, I got the young boy, you know, my neighbor, Joe, I got a few, just two, two or three neighbors on this logging road. And this Nick, my young Nick neighbor, he's 16. Mm-hmm. He comes over here. And he sees that we've built trails and he's lived here his whole life. He's like, Oh wow, look what you've done. He's out there building trails, made a new garden bed. He comes That's up. That's what our buddy Jazz is doing for Banjo the Glassblower. He's like the groundskeeper on Banjo's giant homestead property yeah. in Northwest Arkansas. And he's building trails for him. Sweet. They're needed. That's another thing out here. Like I got 26 acres guys. It's way, I couldn't, there's no trails yet, or they're all overgrown. So you got to do trails. You got we still are exploring. I'll take you guys out if you want, just here, and we can explore the 26 acres or the 1500. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, you know. Um, we need to be in communities. I know my way around a chainsaw. I bet you do. What are you running, steel man? Yeah, I got to. Well, steel Husqvarna. I got Martin's the steel man. Husky. Yeah, I've seen Martin. He's buff. He's a man of steel. <laughs> you too. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah this I'm guy too. Girl. Look at that. Turns out guns <laughs> out. Oh yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wee, whoa. That's an egg diet. <laughs> this is our last clip from you, Snake. I'm going to play it. You're recording. Okay. <laughs> Look, this is from two rabbits. Whoa, well, yeah. and their mom, but I took her out. This is about two weeks worth of poop in a, in a tray. That's simple, folks. <laughs> yeah, man. Shake that doo doo. Get it in there. I'll get it in my mouth and my hair. <laughs> Me, a 10 year old boy just covered in poop, fighting over who gets the first shower. <laughs> Nice. You got leaves coming out yet on your trees? Um, we got some budding. Yeah, I mean, I know the morels probably won't be out yet, will they? Who knows? We were talking about that. My, uh, we had some people over the weekend. People are finding them 
already. They oh, say. Really? No, All so right. this is not mud. Yeah. No. This <laughs> 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 is mud, poop, urine. Fungus, mycelium, all kinds of goodness. See, that's what I mean. My, we've never been sick, by the way. This last two years, my wife has been on the front line in the hospital, wiping fucking people's butts as an RN in it. Hasn't been sick. I haven't been sick. My son hasn't been sick. Why? Do you think it has to do with chicken poop or being dirty in the mud? Do you think that's it? I think it is. Yeah. Eating the right or stuff. maybe it has to do with uh, this. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. <laughs> you know, maybe that's a bit of an inside joke, but I think that uh, me, you, and Martin are all very into getting oh, hell yeah. the solar rays where it doesn't normally shine. Dude, you ain't growing mushrooms in your pants, are you? Get out there. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, it feels really good. I'll just say that. It, it's like it charges you up in, in a way better than getting more sleep at night would have. Like I could sleep less at night and get a cat nap like this in the sun. And it's like twice as valuable in terms of time spent for energy gained. Dude. It's like 15 minutes yeah. out there and you just feel good. It's like a meal. Oh, yeah. It is. <laughs> like it's, it's like a meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing cures like some cured coconuts. <laughs> Who said oh, that? Boy. Thank you, Jen. These are amazing. Yeah, Here's another one. This is from J-Lo. Oh, good. <laughs> That's you're in therapy. Dude, yeah. Mom's helping. UT. Right oh, I heard you in Mike's interview. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do it. Well, I suppose I could. No, not me. I'm covered in that too. I got enough. You know, I maybe uh, in it, it's just a last resort kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, if you're out in the, on the desert island, you got to do what you got to do. Man, yeah, and then has to be afraid of it, right? And then if it takes, then maybe you come home and you're surrounded by abundance, but you stick to your old, your old way. <laughs> you got to back me in a corner first. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound too appetizing. Martin, if you come down, you are more than welcome. Meet my wife and my children. Bring your family if you have oh, any. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I got family, but it'd probably be just solo. That's all right. See? You, what, uh, bring a tent? What What am I doing here? Um, It's going to be chilly. Um, It'd probably be better yeah, for you, I Chance, and Gabriel to um spoon up here on the pullout bed. Oh, great. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing a tent. <laughs> no, we got uh, room. We got room. <laughs> <laughs> room. My, you guys are all crashing Ellis's room. He's got, we got, this is a big house. We got plus 3,000 square foot. It, it's a beautiful little home. So, yeah, man. I think Rachel will have her own bedroom. I was going to say, we got to give the lady guest a whole room. I've got a tent. I actually kind of want to be outside. We'll see. But it's up to you. We got you guys can all bunk up in uh, Ellis's room. He's, he's got it. You want to see what a World War One, World War II museum looks like? Come look at my 10 year old's room. <laughs> that is so wild because uh, Mike Winter was saying that yes. too. That, yeah, that he, his son yeah, seems right. to think he has memories of being a World War One soldier. First turning, bro. Yeah. 100 years. Yeah. 
That's that recent. line. That's the line from the Matrix. I remember for 100 years. That was good. We fought these machines. Mm. Very interesting. That's from your last video. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was awesome. Awesome. That you was guys awesome. are awesome. interview. Chance. Oh, with Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Really love that guy. And the yeah, next universe episode is with Gabriel. We is already it? recorded it. Oh, nice. It's going to be a little late coming out because of my adventure. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I just noticed what Mario said. Interverse inspired me to sunbathe my junk a few weeks ago. It was great. <laughs> See, it really is. You don't know until you try it. Yeah, man. Find, find a way. Find a way. He he really does lay down the whole, um, it's funny and all that stuff, but, you know, my father had cancer, and um, when it talks about prevention of cancer prevention and vitamin D production, you know, it, it, this is what we're talking about, a, a full body uh, sun exposure and um, vitamin D. That's what it's about, really, you know, and it's Eat fun. Right. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> makes, me, makes me want to invent a lawn chair that has, like, a reflective bottom layer that you don't have to like tip your legs back and, you know, get in the missionary. You can just sit in the chair and the light bounces off the reflective <laughs> back up from under. Call it the Fumunda chair. <laughs> I've got, I got a whole bunch of mylar for my plants. So you can do that. There we go. Yep. Yep. Just a transparent lawn chair. You're supposed There's to save a, this stuff for the private. Someone's going to take your invention and yeah, use it on their privates like first. Oh, that's yeah. free to have. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> we got multiple inventors in the house. Oh, Martin, you're an inventor. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, I'm an artist. I, you know, I, I make art. I guess that's an invention. But you make art that has functionality. That counts as invention. Really, I mean, combinations of things that haven't been combined before or at least are not available for you to go purchase in a combined fashion, that's inventing. Like your staff that holds tuning forks on it. Staff, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that is useful. I do get some use out of that, definitely. Every day, every morning, you know, I hit that, hit those yeah. forks. Speaking of tuning forks, I'm glad I just remembered this because I'm intended to say something about it in this stream. I have difficulty expressing the gratitude that I feel right now <laughs> because a, a large group of people in the audience and in the telegram community came together to crowdfund me getting my dream implement, big tuning fork from tunedearth.com. Oh. And it, it's, not, it's not a cheap investment. And the the team came together and has funded this for me. It's like, I don't even know what to say other than thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of, a lot of strong emotions about this and started to feel it again right now, actually, but I will, I will say more about this in the future. I will make sure on stream to thank everybody personally. They contributed to that. And that's so awesome. Can't wait to show you guys whenever I get it and use it and do like, you know, group stuff for, you know, online with this crazy new tuning fork. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you, everybody who participated. When you and get it's it. Amazing. When does it arrive? Are you, do you uh, it's actually going to be a while. The, okay. 
dude produces them in small batches because uh, they are really expensive to get made because they're so big and intricate and engraved and they have this meager polish. Aren't they? They, they, they can they? be. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for the G tone, the throat chakra. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the option I'm going for. So it's going to be months down the road before I receive it, which is cool. I can wait, but I, <laughs> Time passes quickly, but I'm, I've got the yeah. I've got the ability to pre-order it and make sure the thing's locked in and going to show up as soon as humanly possible. So, yeah, I can't wait to show you guys that. I've shown off of those forks pants. before in Telegram. It's big yeah. ones, and when you look at it up close, you can see the solid metal wobbling, and it's just That's ridiculous. Crazy. Dude, yeah. great, choice, great choice on the G tone. Yeah, yeah, rocking those sevens. Yeah, and a lot of stuff just came to my attention about the throat chakra. I think wow. it's because I'm in the, I'm right in the middle of like that developmental stage, in terms of my age. Finding your voice. Yeah, yeah. Throat develops from 28 to 35. So awesome. that's interesting. So that <laughs> like, I feel like I crossed the hump of like, you know, going from shadow to gift into city. I think I'm entering the gift range, personally. Uh, you know, a lot of the throat chakra issues I feel like are behind me. And now it's like unlocking new levels of that expression. But there's a lot of superpowers attributed to the throat chakra in Native American traditions, especially like invisibility <laughs> and, you know, all kinds of stuff you wouldn't think would go with that. Because for the most part, what we tie it to is just like expressing our feelings or speaking our truth. But the voice is, our our logos you know it's a lot bigger yeah. than a lot bigger than just like yeah expressing our trauma and getting it out so yeah man. A, you know, joshua dropped something in the telegram yesterday that corresponded hathar with with the word vodka 11 11 yeah it cost 11 11 and 33 people donated an average of 33 dollars each yeah, for that my thirty third so cool. birthday, it's like that is so. And they cool. raised it in two days. I can't believe it. I can believe it. I got to watch my throat language, but yeah, it is still astounding. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what what about Hathar? So Hathor? yeah, he uh, he was he dropped something that was going into a, Egyptian deities, and they corresponded Hathar with the word word that we are very familiar with around here, vodka. Yeah. And how it relates to voice. Vod- and how vodka is it has it's got that voice, that vocal, which Ooh, is yeah. um, which is really amazing because now I'm looking back at the vac the word vac scene in a new light. It could be correspondent to scene as in without like sin and voice, without a voice. Wow. Isn't that something? That's a good Twilight language decode. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind. And considering everybody's putting covering their mouth, and the First Amendment is completely in the crosshairs right now, the vaccine is the seen voice, is in seen as in without. Cheney just dropped a really cool comment here about chakras. Everyone has different super chakras. Your throat is so important because it's between your heart and head. Yeah, and there's a lot more going on above your head too. So it's yeah, it's super important. You could even conceptualize it as in alternate systems, it could be the middle point rather than the heart, actually. 
Wow. <laughs> if it's golden oh. like an angel's trumpet, you wake up other angels. Turns oh, out mine is, uh, I got my aura photographed the other day. I should have had that picture ready. I could probably pull it up. Uh-huh. Korean but photography. It was like an advanced, like, a, you know, the next evolution of Korean photography or related to it. There's a radionics machine that that translated your frequency into a color spectrum. I'm just going to find the picture now. <laughs> it's pretty cool. No, that was interesting. I was I like to see that. I got my that's a great comment, Cheney. Thank you. That, yeah. That gets my gears turning for real. And now I'm thinking about, so Taurus is the bull. And, uh, and then uh, it has the judgment card uh, uh, also correspondent with it, which has a horn, an angel with a horn. So there, uh, that kind of corresponds with your comment about using, you know, this voice to w- awaken a higher voice. Cheney's badass. She knows what she's yeah. talking about. Yeah, Cheney. Thank you. That's great. I love that. It makes me think my, uh, when I was a kid, they always used to say, Gabriel, Gabriel, come blow your horn. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm blowing my horn. All right. <laughs> I got yeah, a lot yeah. of strength these days. That's yeah, funny, Chance. It's like, uh, you so you you're you're definitely in service to others. That's that's your passion and you found your own unique way. But you can't go around helping other people if you don't know how to accept help yourself and you know, you humbly- big lesson of the last couple of years. It's it was the only way I could ever transition to doing what I'm doing full time and not having to do work I don't want to do. Right. You gotta learn to it's just what you were saying with nature. You have to learn to reciprocate and you've Ooh, been taught <laughs> to self sacrifice and but and like giving is better than receiving, and it is. But also, you still have to receive; otherwise, yeah. no one else gets to give. But this yeah. was what my aura looked like: blood of this intense red. Yeah, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, are those outside? Notice is that in the actual camera, or is that is that you? Is that your? That's my face, and then that's like the aura that they with software okay. calculate. It's like they they take the electrical impulses from my hands. Yeah. My hands are on these pads. Yeah. And then the software takes the electricity from my body and the vibratory frequency of it, the actual rate of oscillation, and translates that to color based on what colors that would be if you were looking at light wavelengths instead of uh, in the electrical spectrum. That's how I understand it. The radionics is actually the what you put your hands on. So that's the radionics added. Yeah. It's interesting. They said I was a second wave indigo, which is ironic because this is super ah. red. <laughs> indigo children. Yeah. This was pretty cool. I went to a metaphysical fair. I did a foot bath on the last day of Pisces season, an electrical foot bath and like pooped out of my feet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, maybe we'll hold back those pictures. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> I swear it looked like it. Uh, I, it was really, really mind blowing. I did that years ago. You got a tub and I put three nine volt batteries into a wire and it was weird. You can like do that at home. Whoa. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Do you have any full body pictures of that chance? Of that RF photo? Yeah. No, because they just took a picture of me sitting there, but they kind of overlaid what the aura calculation was on top of a photograph. There you that go. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So cool. It's software that's rendering the color. So, you know, that's not like in a literal sense what maybe someone that could see ours would see it just like that. But well, don't it's, you know, it's, a, it's a technological aura detector. They're constantly changing and breathing. Like, so how would they determine? I'm just, I'm not saying it's false or anything. How would they determine your second, like, I would think it'd be more of like a right now, like you could, you could diagnose maybe with it. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think they're using it diagnostically. I think uh, as I understood it, because the way she interpreted, it was wild how she interpreted this to me. She looked at this photo that had been printed out. And then she proceeded to tell me all about how, like what my role is, is to ask deconstructing questions and get a lot of people's energy uh, sent towards me in the creative asking of questions. And then I reflected out to a large amount of people. And I was like, this is. (laughs) Did you know about Interverse? No. Nice. Some cool old hippie chick at a a metaphysical fair. An age of Aquarius fair. But I mean, there was more to it than that. But she really described me to a T the way that someone who was reading my astrological chart might do. Yeah. Because she knew like the, what the specific colors were about. So it was pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. I got one more thing since we're talking about me. <laughs> one more yeah. thing from the, from the call in line that got shared. This is uh, I'm bringing this to the farm. This is yeah. a cool edit. Yeah. Really? Jen Brew edit of me spinning fire. It's not my best performance, but it is levitating. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I, I do that with the force. <laughs> it's cool. kind of cool how the camera is like flipping into rainbow. Yeah, it flashes. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta love those glitch apps. Make those LEDs, though, that's fire. Wow. That's actual fire. I have an LED one. I'm gonna bring both. But cool, the fire man. is way more fun. Spinning fire is a flow state initiator like nothing else because body really doesn't want to catch on fire. So you'll find yourself you'll no, find doesn't. yourself doing moves and like yeah. just more in a focused flow than than normal life because I miss there's more to there's more at stake. <laughs> I miss welding. Anyway, I recommend everybody get into fire spinning. This is a lot of fun. There's so many different props and toys you can use. I've only been practicing that. Just whenever, like uh, I don't do it all the time, but I've been at it for like I don't know six years. Okay, yeah. So, but I, I usually just do it when I'm like camping or at an outdoor festival or at a show. Like I take the LED wand into into indoor concerts all the time, and occasionally at home I'll bust it out. But it's interesting. It's an interesting. Art, flow arts. Everybody should try it. There's so many different ways to do it. Yeah, you guys got me like from gory. Every every single one of you guys got me trying something new. You need a flaming sword for yours. Flow sword. They make those. Flow swords? Yeah. It'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I see Martin with the staff that lights up on both ends. Yeah. Wait a minute. My staff? No, I see you getting into getting oh, a fire staff. That would be freaking Ooh. sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that reminds me, don't let me forget that if you want, I'll take you up to the beaver pond. And if you're lucky, you'll find an ironwood beaver stick or something. You guys who make staffs Ooh. out of they're awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. 
beavers make the best staffs. They do. They chew all the bark off and then it soaks in the water and it dries out. Awesome. I Perfect. think we, we got flow state after this. Speaking of flow states. I found this piece that a beaver chewed up. Let's see if I can get in there. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, it looks like a shark. About. It does look like a shark. I'm, I'm. It's painted. I painted it orangey kind of color, but cool. And I know yeah. it ends like yeah. that. It is totally cool. Wow. They're they're amazing creatures. Beautiful. They are. Love to watch them just build and splash around. And slap their tail. This That's a warning signal, I think. Like this particular pond blew out. And they had built it up, and it blew out a hole in it. So they got all their sticks all over it. You can go down and. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're not really. I have a beaver staff. Yes. Well, what's up, Annette? Is she Annette can come. Thing? She doesn't yeah. live that far out. Yeah. So you're you're invited, to... Annette. Get in touch. We'd love to see you. Is she on Telegram? Yeah, hit us up on Telegram. or She should have my phone number. Cool. I don't know if she's doing Telegram. Make that I happen. can't remember. There's so many people in there. Like, you in there? You're not? It's tough. Ratios, like, dudes, dude, my, my wife and my daughter needs, they want to hang out and have some fun chicks, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, after this, we're going to wrap up soon. Over on the Weaving Spiders Welcome YouTube channel, we're going to kick off another episode of Flow State. That's right. Hosted by our buddy Jim, the baby goat. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing goat that lives on snakes farm and also host a show but yeah follow us over there we're gonna read and do art and it's gonna be a great time martin's been practicing his zanoni characters so hopefully <laughs> we'll start with martin and goes. you guys want to leave us with yeah. any commentary i'm not in a rush or anything there may be ideas left on the table we covered a lot off today uh, well, we will probably be showing off how much fun we're having this Saturday. Yeah, that'll be in Telegram. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, check us on Flow State, and then we'll probably poke into weaving spiders a little bit uh, on Saturday. Just a yeah, peak. we got we have to just, just a peek, just a peek, just make them jealous of all the fun <laughs> we're having. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Let's do it. Love Snake. you guys. Thank Love you for Snake. joining me tonight. Thanks for inviting me, man. You've been you've been such a positive influence in my life, dude. Unless mm-hmm. since I heard you on Murder Mountain, and then you know, thank you. And then Gabriel Martin, I'm looking forward to meeting you, man. Yeah, you too, Snake. You're just being a big old kid because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to grow old, and, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, have some fun. Yeah, man. All right. Well, you guys are the best. I love you all. I'm so happy. This was another highly successful vibrant. Is it? And oh, Aaron, trust me, people will go back and listen to this, especially first half again, just to hear your story and be inspired by the journey. I still haven't told the story. I'm I'm gonna have to come up with something because you know you always welcome back. This is my biggest concern. I'm pretty badass, but I'm not so badass that I don't need support and I don't need to hear those stories too. And even though I am an individual, the key parts to the the stories that you need, I just, I would not know where I was in my journey if I didn't have other people ahead of me telling me theirs. 
I wouldn't even have known. Like there's so many times at a, a brother or somebody grabbed me by the shoulders and it's like, Hey, don't you realize you ran into a guy who had the same exact experience as you in LA. Like your story is amazing. Don't forget, or this is where you're at. This, cause that's the technology. That's the power we have is storytelling. And I have a story. It's, I'm only half, not even halfway through it. I got another 40 years. Another sixty years, you know, and so do you, you guys. And as you know, to tell the story is, is is important. That's when I was at my happiest. When they did COVID, that's what almost killed me. Is they took away, um, you know, my community, the people I relied on, my tribe, and uh, you know, I almost succumbed to it. And in the last two years, guys, I promise you, some of the most amazing human beings are no longer on this planet because they had their tools and their resources um taken away um from them by tyrants i call them tyrants because who the fuck do you think you are to tell me anything and then you know i'm sorry that's i mean when i talk about scalping i mean you guys should consider seriously consider this i mean it's it's not going to kill anyone it's not even violent you know you just if you're really good at it and you do it the way it's supposed to be done it's a great lesson to them Epigenetically, their children, even though that they they won't degenerate, they'll be like, uh uh-uh, uh, I know what happened to you, Dad. You got your ass scalp. Look at you with half your house. You know, this is the message we got to carry. You know, a symbolic death is an addiction. And, you know, a lot of us are in that symbolic death and where we need life and we're coming out of it, that those tools aren't available because we're not within proximity. That I learned that 12 years ago, that six feet that tourist field when I discovered that and that heart and all that stuff, we need to be in the presence. I've, I had the power not to say anything. Okay. I've had so many alcoholics. Aaron, I don't know what it is, but I feel safe with you. There's some kind of peace. Is it because I had that aura at that time? I really developed a very powerful aura, aura where I didn't have to say much. And I, I had a reputation of getting every guy that to detox. You know, there was more addicts that walked up to me. It's like, how did you get me into detox? You know, they didn't even know, but it launched them on that course. I played my part. So they took those tools away from us. Now that we have, we know that we got them still, but there's a lot of people out there that still need help. They need support and they need to hear the stories. And, um, you know, because guys, I'm no different than anyone else other than, again, like you guys telling your stories and just the group I have, that's who I give credit to God. Sorry. You're awesome. But this one goes to the people on this planet who have been there for me. Sometimes you're just a five minute angel. Like where'd you come from? And you deliver some beautiful wisdom to me that I needed at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the vibe. Chance. (laughs) That's the vibe we got to carry and, you know, and have fun doing it because if we can have fun with life, then, Universe is like, wow, look how much fun you're having. I'm going to send you more fun. It works with abundance too. These unseen forces, they're not demons. They're, it's, it's a living universe that, you know, if you choose life, it's going to be there for you. That's, that's a conviction of mine. And sometimes I never really forget, but I'm not really, I have to, so remind people that, you know, remind everyone that 
dude, you didn't come to this planet or this earth. You came here by choice. Most, And even though you've had all these like disgusting, like deceiving things done to us, we still like, once you wake up to it, I mean, it's like you become this sorcerer slaying, amazing, you know, whatever archetype you choose to be, you know, that's what we do and we're doing it. Yeah. Living examples. Um, Yeah. Thanks guys. I love you. No, I just want to say one other thing. I remember the first time I ever vended uh, art at a big event where I was selling my own art and there with like a station and a presence. And I remember younger guys coming up to me and being kind of like all geeked up about how excited they were about the art and how, telling me about how like they're starting this thing and they're, they're just getting into it. And they're so inspired by all the people around that are doing it. And I realized like I had these psychedelic experiences where I was like seeing myself at a younger age and having the exact same experience that I'd had many times before, but now I'm the older guy looking at the younger version of me. And I was like, this is responsibility because if I'm just like, you know, if I had been a dick to that kid, maybe they would have lost some of the, some of the mojo that they're building up, but to just be like, yes. And reflect that inspiration back and play the role the way that it served me so well when I was on the receiving end, it's like, it really is an all itself universe. You got to recognize that and be good to yourself everywhere out there. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you all. We spiders welcome. You're going to have to learn to love yourself like for real. And you're going to, we all fall short, but no one's coming to save you. When they say that, that's not like there is no savior. You don't need one. You are your own savior in that that's, this is growing up. This is becoming an adult. I think, I don't know, Mark, maybe you can tell me more, but I, you know, we're all preparing for that moment because with suicide or all these things, it's really cancers. Even when people give up on themselves. That's when they die. That's when they, they don't like, how do I say like, you have to become like the love has to be generated from me back to me you know, and you build it up to such a point that, yeah, and then you can give it away, but I can't go around forever demanding love from people or else I can't kind of thing. You get what I mean? Oh yeah. You got to so love when, yourself first. And it's so a process. Anybody else. And it's definitely, it's really that willpower, right? You got to build that will. I'm guessing, yeah. I'm not guessing. I'm trying to articulate something. I'm, I've seen time and time again, like chance when you're, you know, but we really do have to master this art. You know, I will, when I'm scalping you for being a tyrant, I love you. <laughs> I'm doing it mercifully. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, a love. it's like, there is no, it's unconditional love. There is no condition to it, even to yourself. So you have to be unconditional love for yourself. And when you say that scalping those tyrants, I think of it metaphorically. I think, you know, you building that beautiful story of yeah. you and your family in the woods, that is scalping the tyrants. It is metaphorical. That's what I mean. But it, it's empowering at the same time because really tyranny is something and you're looking at oh, definitely. it. Definitely. But I mean, that story you've built, that's what's going to do it. 
your your beautiful story of you're creating that life, that beautiful life that you have. I Missouri. I haven't taken from anybody in 12 years of my recovery. And I'm amazed because prior to that, that's how my, my illness was to just taking. You didn't know anything different. And again, it's that regenerative love of self and all that stuff. Because people will tell you. You're, Moving towards source like you brought up with Wheeler. Wheeler. And I, I'm like, oh, you know, people will say, oh, you're egotistical. I'm like, maybe I am. Maybe I need my ego right now. Well, you are a Leo son. Yeah, but maybe that ego is that that egg. That's like you. I got that from you, dude. That was like, and we're birthed into a new, you know. Because it's always, I'm going into forty two. I'm like, oh my god! Someone told me not too long ago, man, you're going into your forties. Your forties are going to be awesome. And I'm like, because he's, I'm like, they are. He's like, yeah, did you know? And I'm like, there's more. So again, we're we reborn. We got that. I think it's a septenary path, 14 years, you know, and because that's what, that's what life is. It's growing. It's, it's being, it's fucking up all the time. Yeah, the- Theoretically, you're going into the last year of third eye development and then crown development follows that. I am? Yeah. 35 to 42 is third yeah. eye. Now this is, I mean, I consider that there's a lot of wiggle room in this, but it's just like a baseline right. average to the human story. Man, when I had all developing all the time, but you like really get, you get big opportunities at that age for third eye development. Spontaneous Kundalini happened on me. It was not terrifying. It was wonderful, but not knowing how to integrate it, not having the tools to maybe journal about it or mentorship to actually really talk to someone about it. And what I was shown or I saw was even more disturbing. So I spent the last year really. Um, you know, that's important to, to really understand what that is, but thank you for that because that's pretty much what you said. It just boom, purple, beautiful. We're gonna talk, we're gonna need to talk about that whenever we get together. <laughs> right. No, I want to mean, this, notes. We need to know this stuff, guys, and we don't have to sell any books on it. We're just all trying to help each other. So I have these experiences too, I and mean, you know, right on. That makes sense. All right. Well, we're going to hang up the vibrant and head over to flow state. It's, otherwise we'll just keep going. It's too easy with you guys. <laughs> this has been super fun. And of course, huge love to you, Aaron. And thank you, Martin and Gabriel for joining us too. Thanks for having This was perfect. See you guys uh, on the other side. And thanks everyone for listening. Love you all. And thanks for all the happy birthday stuff. Bye, guys. You guys are the best. I love everybody. Bye. Power. <laughs> Shoot me a link chance. We'll do. Ha, ha, ha.